Hi, welcome back to the Pittsburgh Attorney Podcast. I am serving as your host, Frank Walker. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. It's called drunk driving accidents, where we're talking about you being the actual victim of a drunk driving accident. Now, as you know, I've talked about in previous episodes, I defend drunk drivers, people who are accused of driving under the influence. And a lot of times they've made a simple, stupid mistake. They, they got behind the wheel of a car because they left the bar thinking they're okay. And they made a mistake. They didn't hit anyone. They didn't hit anything. But the issue is they got caught driving over the legal limit. However, in the instance where people do things repeatedly and they do things, they're leaving the bar, they're drinking, it's a repeated behavior and they're injuring others and are putting others in danger, meaning they're driving on the highways, the, the routes, the freeways, the toll roads, and they get into an accident with someone who is unsuspecting, someone who is just, just driving, maybe going to the grocery store, driving to school, driving to church, driving to Walmart, wherever. And they hit them and they injure them. That's where I step in, where I defend the rights of people who are injured by a drunk driver. Now, unfortunately, the first question is, well, how do you know? How can you prove that they were drunk? A lot of times you're just pulling the police report. You're pulling the accident report. It's not going to be available initially. The police report is going to be available after a couple of days after they complete their investigation. The initial officer is going to come to the scene and they're going to ask some questions. Who did what? Are you okay? Get the, get the information that we've talked about in the past, your insurance information, you know, who's the owner of the car, registration, driver's license, all that comes into play. But then if you're not able to answer those questions because you're injured and someone else can answer them on your behalf, the first thing you want to worry about is getting better, getting to a safe location. If that means calling an ambulance, if that means going to get treated or someone taking you to the hospital, make sure you get to a safe location and you get treated for your injuries. Now, sometimes it's a, fortunately or unfortunately, it's a minor accident where they're in the act, you're in the accident, you're the victim of the accident, it is not your fault, and all of a sudden you're talking about, you're exchanging information, and while exchanging the information, you notice the smell of alcohol, the officer arrives to the scene, they notice the smell of alcohol, it's usually the big three, smell of alcohol, bloodshot eyes, and odor of alcohol emanating from their person. Those are the big three the officers always look for. Now, once they answer those questions, they make those determinations, they may say, well, this person was driving under the influence or they're doing some type of test and they're, they're a drug recognition expert and they do a test and they say, well, they're driving under the influence of marijuana or barbiturates or whatever, whatever drug. Now it becomes the issue of they're going to get arrested later on and you need to make sure you have someone who follows that case along to make sure they know what the person is being charged with. Is it a regular DUI? Is it an aggravated DUI? Is it a reckless DUI. You never know. And you want to make sure and you have an attorney who's following that information and make sure they make they make sure they find out how the case ends. Were they convicted of it? Did they plead guilty or were they found not guilty of it? Make sure you have an attorney who understands really both processes, the plaintiff side, meaning you as the victim and really the criminal side, because you want to make sure they, they know they're going to work through a process. It's not going to be, oh, you get a preliminary hearing and it's over. No, it's a preliminary hearing, formal arraignment, pretrial conference to get assigned to a judge. Is it a deferral program? How does that deferral program work in your favor? How can you use it? Is there an admission of guilt? Are there statements going to be made later on? How can you get your hands on all those documents to make sure you're in the best position to recover for your injuries or recover on behalf of your loved one? Now, another instance why you need an attorney who understands both lines of defense where it comes to defending your rights for recovery and defending your rights under the Constitution when you are charged with a DUI. From the plaintiff's side, when you're trying to recover and you're trying to make sure you are compensated for your injuries, 
it's not only the DUI. You have to look a little bit further. What do I mean by that? Well, how did the person become intoxicated? Well, probably they were drinking alcohol. They probably were drinking excessively. Well, where were they drinking? That becomes another particular point. Because if they were drinking at a private location, were they drinking at a bar, where they were visibly intoxicated and the person were continuing to serve them alcoholic drinks, there are laws against that. And that means the, the establishment may bring them under liability because they continue to serve the person who was visibly intoxicated alcoholic drinks and they let them leave the restaurant, bar, establishment, or what have you, and they got into an accident driving under the influence and caused the injuries to you or someone you love. They call it the dram shop issue, and you want to make sure you have an attorney who understands to look for that. Because a lot of times you may just think, oh, they were drunk. Here's the policy limits. This is what we're, we're this is all we have under our policy. That's it. And you're thinking, wow, you know, that, that covers a little bit, but it really doesn't cover my long-term care. It doesn't help talk about my, my emotional injuries or any, any counseling I may need down the road. I wish there was additional recovery available. Well, no one knew to look and ask the question. So well, where were you right before you got into the car? Where were you right before you got intoxicated? Where did you get intoxicated? How long ago was it? Where were you at this bar? When were you at this bar? Is that bar still in an active bar or an active establishment? Do they have video footage? A lot of them do. And why timing is crucial and critical, if you don't get there and ask for the video material, it may get recorded over or may be lost. And now it's six months down the road and now you, you, you eventually or initially find that they were drinking at another establishment and you go looking for that, that evidence, it's gone. And now you're in a position where you really can't prove that they were drinking somewhere else, visibly intoxicated, bringing someone else under liability. So always need to understand that those are issues you need to, to look for. Now, another issue along, alongside of insurance issues, we're talking about whether or not they have insurance at all or if they have enough insurance. Is it sufficient enough to cover for your injuries? Let's say it's a, let's just do significant round numbers here. Let's, they have $50,000 policy and your injuries just from the emergency care and initial injuries, not even continue, not even talking about follow-up or any rehab or anything like that. We're talking about just your initial injuries. Now your bills are, are in excess of $75,000. Now, so who makes up that difference? How do you cover for your additional treatments you may need down the road? This is where a, a concept of underinsured motorist or uninsured motorist comes into play. Let's say the person has no insurance. They're going to be, they're going to be cited, hopefully, for driving without any insurance. Or they have not, they don't have sufficient insurance. They're, they're in another state and they're driving through, or they're in another country and they rent a car and they're driving through, and they don't have sufficient, the minimal insurance needed to drive in Pennsylvania or to drive a car, period. And they don't have enough. And now you're stuck looking at these bills. You now go to your insurance carrier and say, listen, they don't have enough insurance. It's not sufficient, or they didn't have any insurance. I'm looking to recover any additional policy that I have that I've paid for to make sure I am protected and my family is protected on my own. I pay premiums for years for underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage. And I want to make sure I can look into that to figure out what I need to do to recover for my injuries there. Thanks again for listening to, to me ramble on about uninsured motorists and, and, and uninsured motorists and dram shop and DUI injuries in Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We'll have additional information and podcasts coming forward. But again, I thank you for your time. Any questions you have, as always, you know the website, frankwalkerlaw.com, or give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 412-532-6805.